0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Relationships Rule podcast. I'm very excited about my guest today and can't wait to ask her so many questions. But first, I just want to thank you for your support as we spread the word about the importance of building relationships in business and in life and showing people that we care. Please make sure you go over to my website, JanicePorter.com, for a free gift where you can download my ebook seven-step formula to create business relationships that last. And now for my guest, Lachelle Adkins, America's super mom. Welcome, Lachelle. Thank you so much for having me, Janice. This is just great. I
1: feel like I've known you for quite some time. We've only met a couple of times, but it's like, you know, we're really connected. So I really am excited to be here today.
0: Thank you. I feel exactly the same way. And, I, and before I, I get into your bio, I just want to say the power of um, the internet and mm-hmm. Facebook and LinkedIn making connections um, the way we did. So we have a mutual friend yes. um, in the same company as us. And mm-hmm. I'm going to shout out to her, April Broom, because she is an amazing person. And Amazing. Yes. And she invited me to speak um, about what I do about training mm-hmm. LinkedIn to her group on Facebook of uh, Business Um Professionals. And, mm-hmm. you re- and you reached out after that as you had heard it or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there we are. And so yes. we, we connected and thank goodness for Zoom, we feel like we know each other. Um, so there so you cool go. It. Yeah. So let me tell my audience a little bit about you. Okay. And I'm going to read this because I have questions, okay? Okay. What is life like for a 49-year-old woman who has been married to Jerome Adkins for 27 years, is a retire- who is a retired major in the United States Army and pastor of the World Fellowship of Jesus Christ, and, here we go, parents of 15 children? Hence the name Supermom, amazing. Okay, it has been adventurous to say the least. Um, um, Lachelle was raised as an only child. The transition to staying home and walking away from a career was a very hard one to make. The anxiety of doing everything right, pleasing others and seeking validation led to a life of depression that resulted in three hospitalizations. However, that period of 13 years battling depression led to a personal journey to find herself. No longer liking the victim mindset, Michelle came up with a strategy to overcome depression that she has named Fresh Start. She is now an inspirational speaker and coach that empowers women to be proactive in their mental wellness. Hallelujah. all right there is so much there Lashelle, and I want to start with the first thing that I read out which was that you've been married to your husband for 27 years Mm -hmm. and and he was a major in the United States Army thank him for his service Mm -hmm. and a pastor of a church right Mm -hmm. of a church Mm -hmm. Uh, so I asked you this off offline, but I'm going to ask it again because we, we need to get into this. Why did right. you start your resume or your bio, I should say, about him? Is that what defines you?
1: Yeah, that is just such a great question. And, you know, in full transparency, just like you asked me, I hadn't considered it until now. But what really resonates and comes to mind is the whole transition with, um, you know, I've been a stay home mom. I do have a business background. My degree is in marketing, but Ah, uh, that's the back seat because, you know, I stayed home with the kids. We had several small businesses, things that we did on the side, but, um, as with every pregnancy, there is a feeling of displacement that I notice that takes place with, my husband, you know, where does he fit in, so to speak, a new baby, and I nurse, so it's like, you know, the baby's always on me, he's <laughs> like 24 yeah. to 7, right, yeah. and so it's like, where does he fit in, and um, the whole transition of the empowerment and strength that I have now uh, from walking away from that victim mindset, I kind of feel some sort of maybe, I don't want to say intimidation, but it's uncertainty about, you know, what I'm going to do next because I'm just very, um, you're not having any
0: more kids, right? <laughs> I any more kids, But I'm passionate
1: about serving and about mental wellness, that it's, um, it's just a transition time. So I always want to make sure that I, Um, acknowledge him because it's not like I want to go off and do this thing on my own. I always want to include him and recognize that he's a part of my story and always will be. So I think that's the reason why I did it that way.
0: So that's interesting too, because as you grow and change as Mm. um, and become stronger in Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. said, I don't want to go off and do this by myself. But right in, in essence this is it's your story it is about right you can stand alone and and so uh, for me that's really interesting too because standing alone in your strength and your newfound um confidence after mm-hmm. you come from the depths of depression which we can talk about a little bit um, yes is it means that there's a that he's possibly, or you think he's feeling um, that you don't need him in the same way anymore. And so that's, mm-hmm. that brings fear in his world. Mm-hmm. So he has to learn as well to adapt to a new you. Right. Yeah. So right. it
1: is, it is the kind of a paradox or, yeah. you know, just catch 22, whatever. Yeah. Cat yeah. Cat, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it is, because I was hospitalized three times, I noticed a pattern, you know, the first time we made changes, Mm -hmm. they didn't last. The second time we made changes, they didn't last. The third time, you know, uh, according to the strategy that I came up with on my own, with the fresh start, there is no going back. You know, I have like burned that bridge. We're done with that. So So
0: Sorry, I was just going to say Go in ahead. in those time frames and and mm-hmm. what kind of time frame was between each hospitalization.
1: Um let's see. 13 years you've got total, right? Approximately. Right. Okay. I know the last one was in 2016. You know, I haven't really sat down to think about it. Um I want to say maybe like 5 years or something in between them.
0: So the yeah. reason I'm asking though is because um Were you getting help, medical help in that time frame? Because you, in the end, have helped yourself the most. Yes. Yes. Great
1: question. Now, what happened for me was during the hospitalizations, I was on medication.
0: Of course. So they medicated
1: while I was there. Right. Um, Never really embraced being depressed. (laughs) It wasn't until I really got to that last hospitalization that I was like, okay. I'm the common denominator. I can't blame my husband, can't blame my kids, which is what I went through and did. Mm -hmm. Um, I recognized that I was the common denominator. I took accountability for my actions. So in between time, there was no, you know, like immediately getting out of the hospital. They assign you a therapist, you work with a psychiatrist or whoever. And um, it was always a temporary thing you know, just to kind of get back to really some of normal. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and wait, wait, you know, so normal, but still taking medication, no
1: medication, No medication. Okay. Yeah. So both, uh, I, I really remember like on all three occasions, they're like, you know, you probably should have medicine, but you know, we can't make you take it because I've always been like a normal, uh, what is it just, Health. I'm not that I'm really health conscious, but Mm -hmm. um, never really took medicine. So, Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. my 13 deliveries, 11 of them were natural, no pain medicine. And the last two, I had to have C section because I was over 40. So, I just come from this mindset that, hey, you know, I want to be natural as possible. So, you know, for me, I didn't want to have medicine. I don't like how it had me feeling. And I'm taking care of kids. So, it's like, I'm sleepy. I'm not doing anything but eating. I just didn't feel myself. So that was the case with those uh, situations.
0: You know, it's really interesting. My mother was um, what they say now is bipolar. But, Mm -hmm. you know, she was manic depressive. And Mm -hmm. when I was young, um, in my teen years, I remember her being in the hospital. I remember my dad Mm -hmm. having to, you know, function and make us dinner and whatever. And mom was sick. And that's mm-hmm. all I knew. We never knew anything about what was wrong with her. And, um, and she, uh, I think for many years, I had um, a less than feeling about my mom and mm-hmm. never gave her credit for being who she, in the end, I, I saw her to be because she was always sick. Right. And, right. And so mm-hmm. we didn't talk about mental illness then. We didn't know what all of that was. And. Mm-hmm and for many, so then fast forward, um, my dad passed away young and, um, my mom was left on her own and she wasn't, um, she used to take, you know, she gets, so she wasn't feeling great. I think a lot of the time early on was looking for attention from my dad, which she didn't get the way she wanted it. And so I learned a lot of things later, but I wish I'd known then what I know now about mental illness and so on, because my mother struggled with um, addiction to pain or to, um, yeah. Tranquilizers and pills like that. And she had a breakdown and, and, um, the, thank God for the doctor that actually helped her, got her off all of that stuff. And she, because she was being seen by this crazy psychiatrist in Beverly Hills. Mm. Psychiatrist to the stars who got them all hooked on these, these meds. Oh yeah. It was a terrible time. Anyway, another story, but it just, I do have experience with my mother with mental illness. So I know it's (laughs) it's tough. So what I love about your story is, and I'm going to liken it to, um, we are both um, affiliates in a wonderful company called send out cards. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if you've experienced um, one of Cody's um, promptings academies or as they used to be called treat right seminars. Yes or no? No. Okay. You've got his book. Okay. Promptings, <laughs> ac- promptings. All right. Well, Cody always talks about the stories in your mind become the stories of your life. And that's a prompt, that's a, a quote that I somehow internalized about that Cody says all the time, the stories mm-hmm. in your mind become the stories of your life. And so when I look at what you have done, I think about that because I looked also at your, your program, your uh, fresh start program that mm-hmm. we can talk about in, if you like. Um, yeah. And um, I see it as exactly that. You changed the stories in your mind. Yes. And it changed your life.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: you want to talk about that? Am I on? Yes, that is,
1: so, that is so true because, um, you know, I really, it was hard for me because I uh, was raised with education being, you know, forefront, what was important. My mom was one of 12. Yes. I want to talk um, about this. That, that yeah. Then there's you, so, right? Yeah. Then I was the only child and yeah. now I have 15. I know. like, But um, because she was the third oldest, she was like, you know, I don't want a lot of kids. They came from humble beginnings. Education was her way out. She was like one of the only one of her siblings for years that got a college degree. So that was something she really pushed in me. So as a kid, um, I just had the mindset that, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, I got a lot of praise for that. I was in gifted classes, honors, so honor roll, all these different things. And I thought, well, I'll just apply these principles to raising a family. I mean, it just seems like this is what I know this is going to work. <laughs> and uh, one of the things I found out was that I really sought value and worth out of my roles rather than who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. So if I was doing good as a mom, I felt like, "Ooh, I'm on top of the world," but if my kid made a C or they weren't passing a class, I'm like, you know, beating myself up. And so um it was very selfish because it's like, you know, everything is revolving around you and you're not in a place to where you could even talk to your kids. So for example, if Uh, one of your children comes in and they're not passing a class, then it's like, um, you know, I just can't believe you're not passing this class. You know, we don't uh, condone making bad grades. This is not an Atkins thing. And, you know, you're so busy beating them up rather than being in a place to say, okay, so what is it that you're challenged with? Do we need to get you a tutor? I mean, you know, it's like, you're not coming problem. I mean, solution oriented. You're like you are embarrassing me or, you know, this (laughs) kind of thing. It's like, I've already been in whatever grade they're in. So how is this an embarrassment? (laughs) You know, this is them trying to make it in their life. And I'm sitting here beating them over the head. Right. Right. And so once I realized that, you know, I just thought this is crazy. Everything was just so self-centered, even though I thought that I was looking at the whole picture and having these standards. And so I lost myself because I felt like my identity was in being a pastor's wife. My husband was the officer in the military. So I was the officer's wife. And then, you know, every time I went to the grocery store, wow, you have all those kids and all this stuff. And then, you know, so um, I really didn't know who I was. So, you know, I'm, yeah, avoiding looking in the mirror because I'm just like, you I didn't have, have time. Come on. Hey, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make it through another day. I'm like, ooh, okay, I got them all to school on <laughs> time. Okay, you know, <laughs> they had on the, they didn't have on match socks, even though now that's a different thing. Kids wear <laughs> match socks and, yeah. you know, match shoes, whatever. But anyway,
0: how um, old's your baby? Your youngest? Oh
1: She's my in goodness. kindergarten.
0: Yeah. So we want to see her dressing herself the way she wants to identify herself because who has time anymore? Exactly. Exactly. So
1: um, really that story was, you know, what society told me or what my family told me or what my kids or neighbors, and it wasn't my story, you know? And so I think that was the conflict of feeling like I was never going to measure up because if I felt I achieved, at one level, then I would go to another place. So I felt, you know, to describe it would be wearing a mask in different places and not recognizing which one I'm supposed to be wearing, which is crazy.
0: Can you remember what triggered the fact that it was time to to change the story in your mind? Absolutely. So after my last
1: hospitalization, it was really a fear of I don't want to go back to the hospital again. You know, I just don't want my life disrupted. Uh I was able to really see the um strain on the life of um well my relationship with my kids. You know, for me I'm just like a very analytical type thinker in some ways and um you know, I have always Centered my life around my kids and have been involved in their extracurricular activities. So, going back to the depression, the reason why I wouldn't have labeled myself as depressed is because I was functioning. Yes. So, I'm still going to PTO meetings, participating in school council, and uh, doing all the things that a mom would do who stays home, and mm-hmm. then going to church and doing all these things. Mm-hmm. So, Everybody else on the outside didn't even think anything was wrong. They're just like, wow, you know, how do you do it? That type of thing. And um, so for me, it was just the idea of really thinking that, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I don't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that I'm really not happy. You know, it's like I have so much to be grateful for, but I can't receive it. There's just some block there. You know, I just don't know why. And so uh that realization uh really just kind of sent me on this personal journey to really kind of self reflect and figure out how I can get past it
0: yeah so how long did it take from that realization to you now being um a business uh woman a coach that helps <laughs> other women right that's that's yeah. the core of what you do um uh, who have similar, I'm sure they don't all have 15 children, but they right. have similar things that come up for them being being uh, depressed for some reason or another. So how long was that that your story took place and changed?
1: Really, it was like a evolution all through 2017. Okay. So I got out of the hospital, it was October 2016. How long, so, were, you in? How long were you in that time? Uh, Seven days. Okay. Okay. So yeah, each of the times it was five to seven days. Um, and, um, you know, I, it was just a struggle really that 2017 was when I got into coaching. Um, however, I still had hangups with my family. Mm -hmm. So I was coaching and I was also very resentful for towards my husband, sometimes my kids mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I just had this revelation it's like okay this happened three times what is going on here. You know what I mean mm-hmm. because in each case uh my husband was the one who sought intervention for me. I wasn't sleeping, mm-hmm. wasn't eating, mm-hmm. you know, and so he noticed things that were like okay, you know, we need to get an intervention here and so it was like I was kind of drag kicking and screaming in my mind you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. can, I, can I just
0: read something from your fresh start because it's mm-hmm. piece on healing which I think yes yeah it says be patient with yourself so you mm-hmm. took a whole year basically of working this out in mm-hmm. my case I had to remember that I was 46 years old so the layers of work would not change overnight I can see that mm-hmm. I also had to had the foresight to realize that my family and friends were victims in their own way, and they needed healing also, which you've just spoken to. Mm-hmm. It was in this process that I learned that it was not about me. I learned that obstacles, of, and I think what you mean by that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that mm-hmm. it's not about you; it's about the behaviors that were happening because of the the things you were telling yourself. Absolutely. You weren't a bad person. It was just right. Okay. Absolutely. I, I learned. So it was, it was in this process that I learned it was not about me. I learned that obstacles occur in everyone's life, yet our power is in our ability to control what we say and what we do. So mm-hmm. just as I realized that I give my grace to myself, I choose to give grace and patience to others. I love that. Yes. Yeah. I think that really says it all about your healing. And I think that's Yes. Um, that that certainly gives you the credence to help others do the same.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, you know, and it is, um, it is a slow process. You know, I always explain it to my kids that, you know, it took me 46 years of bumping my head before I finally learned my lesson. Right. Yeah. So I can't expect them to go through this transformation in a year or two years. You know, it may take them a while, you know. And um, that's really the saving grace I feel that coaching did for me because it allowed me to continue to thrive, continue to grow mm-hmm. and not be dependent on my family growing with me. And I still could give them and have patience and understanding and uh, mend those, you know, broken relationships mm-hmm. as with the time that it needed to mend those not do a quick fix
0: and and yes and I can see that having a range of children of all different Mm -hmm. ages including the Mm -hmm. husband okay everybody has their own perception of you based on their experience and it's different for every one of them Mm -hmm. and some are resentful because mom wasn't there at a certain time, right? And some mm-hmm. are just need a hug and you weren't able to give it. I can just see that, yes, yes. It's, it's amazing. I know we could talk for hours about this and I, um, maybe we will, but off, okay. offline, because there's a couple other quick things I want to ask you before we wrap up. Um, okay. One of them is just to, make it, you know, to take it from the depression to the, to, um, the celebrity of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw, and it was by chance that I saw on your website that you, um, had your 15 minutes of fame on television and, yes. uh, that was through, uh, the Rachel Ray show. I think it was, yes. Can you tell us yes. a little bit about that and how it happened. Cause it's kind of fun. I watched it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So what happened was, um, after a birth of a new baby, uh, the Rachel Ray show actually was on Facebook, some of the staff. They reached out to our oldest daughter at the time and they contacted her. Hey, we saw that you have a big family. The thing about it that is so special for us is that I homeschooled the kids um, uh, in a period where we lived in a different city here in Georgia, but we lived somewhere else. And uh, we had a family business for the kids. It was a way to teach them about entrepreneurship.
0: Awesome. So the Love yes, that. Love Yeah, it. so
1: it was called the Atkins Kitchen Bus. And so we had we would make these lunches for like our pastors, neighbors who worked at home. And so we had different jobs. One of them would be the hospitality person. They would call and get orders. Oh, wow. We would deliver them. Uh, we would come up with a menu. They would buy all the supplies and they charge like five dollars a meal. So it was just a little business that we had. Well, we would always watch Rachel Ray. And so it was a big deal for us. The (laughs) watcher, the kids would make a lot of the meals, you know, themselves. We would go through the kitchen and do it. And so um, when she reached out, it was like, oh, we got to be on there. So they wanted to do a national organizational campaign uh, to help everybody understand that organizing can be as easy as 10 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the challenge was for 31 days that we would do a 10 minute task and, uh, we were allowed to come to the show to spearhead that, uh, campaign for 30 days. So yeah, it was exciting. And she also, yeah, you know what? It's a work in progress.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a habit thing, right? It has to be a habit. So sorry. Yeah, Yeah, You were going to say, I I I said full transparency
1: because not everybody's on that same level. I gave my daughter an example, like she organized this stuff, but you know, I told her, I said, when you want to organize, if it's for a group, you need to get input from them on what works for them. So she'll organize the cabinet and then she'll come back like a few days later. I organized this. How come people didn't put it back where it was supposed to be? And it's like, you know, different people think different ways. So you have to kind of figure out what the patterns are so that you can give them what they need and it'll stay that way. You know what I mean? So, yes. So that's what we're learning.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it.
1: So then we've had different kids since then. So it's like, oh, you might have a system, then boom. You got to have it. So, yeah.
0: I I know that um, many years ago, I was, when I first um, sort of lost my job and went into the world of of working for myself. I was a professional organizer. And so um, I know the frustrations that go with that, I, I tell you. And I only did, I did it for three years. And then I was exhausted because what I, in, in essence, was doing was really cleaning someone's house. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that Peter <laughs> guy, he has a team of people that, that did everything, right? Tell me
1: about it. Yeah. it I didn't have a team. So, yeah, he's so awesome because He'll, you give him an a idea. You just say, well, what about this? And he can just come right off the top of his head. Oh, you just need to do this. And it's like, wow, I had not even considered that. So yeah, he's great. I
0: mm-hmm. think he used to be on Oprah. Cause I remember. Yeah, he did. he did. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. So yeah. um, I'm going to ask you a question that, um, that I usually ask, not, not every, every client, but I'm I'm mm-hmm. curious to ask you because you're a busy lady. And so I'm curious, are you reading anything? Do you read? What are you reading? Oh, right
1: yes. Uh, okay. Right now I'm reading uh, The Tipping Point by oh, um, yes. Malcolm Gladwell. Yes, I love that my, book. My favorite book is um, The Four Agreements. I just okay. read this probably about six months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that book is um, phenomenal. Uh, it really is transformative. I also like um, The Four Hour Workweek. I read yeah, that. I never
0: read that one. you know? Yeah,
1: that's, Good. it really just kind of helped me get out of that uh, canned way of thinking you know where I, you know I was able to think out of the box be creative mm-hmm. you know he has a very good perspective on you know living life the way you want to live it and mm-hmm. designing it that way so okay yeah.
0: good point mm-hmm. so um just before we wrap up mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about who you serve now? Who who are your ideal clients, and and are you working like so many hours a week? Do you have mm-hmm. to have it organized? Do you have um you know what can can my audience do to find you? And of course, I'll put it in in the show notes. But just in terms of if if somebody needs your help, what is it that you're doing mostly, and who do you serve?
1: Yes, so right now um, you can find me on pretty much every platform, even mm-hmm. Pinterest, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram um i am so passionate about mental wellness so my business is going through a transformation in the sense that there are a lot of coaches out here in full transparency and i feel like um some of them feel like there's a program that can fit every person and i'm not that kind
0: of coach okay so i i get that cuz i'm not that kind of trainer
1: yeah you see what I mean? So yeah. I want to serve people, and that means allowing them to be who they are, and I just help strategize ways that they can get there. So um I am doing a lot of education and really helping women, one, to remove the mask and feel comfortable being transparent. My situation was, you know, fully educated, you know, have professional friends but just didn't feel comfortable enough to be transparent about my issues. Always kind of felt like, you know, I had to keep certain things hidden. You know, that's just like, you know, you go, your house looks thick and span. Don't open a door because something might
0: fall and hit you in your head. Do you know who Joan Rivers is? Do you know who Joan Rivers was? Yes, I know Joan Rivers. My favorite quote of Joan Rivers, it was a joke that she told Uh many times. She used to say, Put a drop cloth over everything, all the furniture in the living room and just say you're painting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is so true. And, you know, that resonates with what a friend told me. She said, um, you know, being a parent is like a construction zone because everything is always under construction. Love it. So you feel that your house should be under construction. So that when they go out, they know how to behave. You know, you're always yes. working on them. So yeah. Yeah. that resonates with that. But yeah, so other people who may not have kids don't understand that. It's like us, <laughs> parents too. They're not but your then, audience either, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so another thing is, it's so crazy because as women and mothers, we can identify with the things that we're challenged with. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be something as simple as you're ready to go. Your kids can't find their shoes. Mm -hmm. or there's no matching socks in the hamper. I mean, crazy stuff, right? That we all experience, but we have this desire to put on this organized facade that we have it all together. We just feel pressured to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I want to have a space to where women can really be honest and begin to get curious with themselves and say, what is it that I can do that i can start getting some control in my life you know yeah, so it, what it, the, it's about making that shift mentally exactly yeah. exactly so i do a lot of zoom calls uh through facebook groups women's groups uh all about the education to kind of start a dialogue and keep it going and as people feel attracted to me i customize programs for them you know so that's really and then i do have a membership where people can join and uh, we have weekly sessions to kind of dive into different topics with marketing, personal boundaries, whatever. And where do you do
0: those on zoom as well?
1: They're on zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this has been delightful. As I said, you know, I've talked to to you forever. I hope that my, I I, want to give um, you one last thing to, to leave with my audience. Yeah. Most important message that you want to leave and then we'll wrap it up from there. So go ahead. I would,
1: is yours? Okay. I would say it's to be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, you have so much to offer just who you are. And, uh, it is really no fun not knowing who you are and feeling like, um, you don't measure up. And of course you wouldn't measure up because that person's journey is not your journey. So once you kind of really Uh, Get comfortable in your own skin, you're able to live life a lot more fully and be a blessing to those that you interact with. So be you and uh, listen to your own voice. And it can be scary if it's something that you're not familiar with, but you will resonate and your tribe will gravitate towards you. You will find people that you wouldn't even imagine that you connect with. I mean, even just in our case, you know, we got on a Zoom call and when you have that level of authenticity and transparency, you just can really connect. You just cut through so many layers and get right to the heart of the matter that um, it really is uh, a great way to live.
0: That's so good. Thank you. I'm not going to add anything to that because it just <laughs> sets it all. And, you know, it really is for me about mm-hmm. building authentic relationships and Mm -hmm. and and nurturing them and so um i know that we will continue this relationship and uh, appreciate all that you brought to the table today and Mm -hmm. i'm just going to say thank you and ask my my listeners to remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes to please um send a message to lachelle if you loved what she had to say and uh leave a review that's even better for me and thank you all and remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.